Hello everyone, and welcome to another edition of Learn From Gaming Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we dig into some of our favorite games and discuss what we can learn from them and just why we like them. For those of you out there counting, this is episode 11, and it's coming at you on October 31st, 2017. Spooky! My name is Chase Strollenberg, and I'm joined today by... By the not at all spooked out Stu Gritter. <laughs> Happy Man, Halloween, Stu. You got to run some of these intros by me. Oh, what are you talking about? That was great. That was. Uh, you were totally no, the, the, enthusi- the enthusiasm was good. I appreciate it. It was good. <laughs> good. Oh, how uh, how are you doing today, Stu? I'm I'm very well. Much better now. I need a good giggle from time to time (laughs) (laughs) i uh i tend to deliver those mostly unintentionally so you're welcome um that was perfect how are you i'm doing good i'm doing good um work's good life's good uh a whole lot of good except uh well well, i mean we'll talk about it in a a second um but um so for anybody who's encountering us for the first time i just want to clarify this is a podcast about video games first yes but it's about what you can learn from games, uh, pretty much in the name. Now, it's not just about the academic end of things. It's it's also, I mean, you know, we'll talk about spelling. We'll talk about uh, arithmetic. We'll talk about geography. In fact, geography does come up a lot. But this is, it, it's really anything, even down to just understanding the fundamentals of, of game design, um, why things are the way that they are, just those eureka moments you have when you play a game. Um and also, you know, like wh- why we enjoy it, um, because part of learning about a game is learning what makes it tick and also why you enjoy it so much. So it's it's as much an introspective sort of thing as it is uh, an academic feat, even though keep in mind, it's all for fun. Um, so, Stu, off the top, was there anything you wanted to say before we jump into what we learned this week? Uh, there's I've, I've got nothing offhand today uh as as per usual it's been crazy it's been a, a really busy few weeks yeah <laughs> so, yeah. yeah 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 we're busy dudes <laughs> we got it's stuff just, going on yeah it just kind of happens yeah. yeah um okay well then you know what let's uh let's slide into what we learned this week so this is the segment of the show where we discuss things that we learned about gaming this week or in this case two weeks uh, Stu and I love tech and gaming news, so remember, if you have any news or tech updates you'd like us to discuss, feel free to email us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. That's learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. Now, Stu, you did send me um, something about action games and pursuing mastery. I watched a bit of that video that you sent. Um, did you want to talk about it at all? Oh, man. I forgot about that video so hard <laughs> okay but no well, as, it was... as, as soon as you brought it up yeah yeah it was um it was really really good i, I would love to um actually give that guy uh, a quick a quick plug at, at the end of the show i've, I've got it open now um yeah I'll for sure no but but it was a video game i'll make sure to include the video itself in the show yeah. notes so people yeah. can see it and understand what the heck we're talking about yeah so the video was is um it's just a a, a quick 14 minute youtube video that somebody put together uh, discussing um, how good action games can encourage skill and they they kind of in he talks about it in terms of i guess how um 
action games aren't just about mindlessly mashing buttons that's not rewarding you you kind of there has to be some challenge there and you have to learn like you feel better about a game and about yourself if you've learned uh learned the game as as a wide variety of skills as though there's not just a single algorithmic operation to apply like it's not just one or two quick moves that are always going to be the best but a well-designed game makes you make choices and makes you commit to things and and provides a wider range of experiences and it's it, it's it's really good it it's something that kind of the way he talks about the way good action games are designed is kind of can apply to a lot of other things in life too and I, I think it's it's a really well delivered uh, idea as well. Yeah, I I completely agree. After watching the video, I mean, I didn't watch it today, but I watched it. Uh, I think it was a, a week or two ago when you actually sent it, and um, I was I was struck. Uh, like I've always known that being good at action games, like it takes practice, it takes patience, depending on the game, right? Uh, he also outlined in the video itself that there are some action games that are junk, right? Like you find the one, the one move that solves all your problems. And then that's really not a good action game. You're not being tested at all. But the, 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 the true trademark of a good action game is forcing you to learn all of the moves. Like even if you have one move that's incredibly useful, uh, limiting its use in certain situations, right? Um, or just actually limiting its potency. Uh, I I did. I really really enjoyed that video. I think there's some pretty useful stuff that came out of it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, was there anything else you wanted to talk about? Quick. Um, that's that's the only thing. Unless I forgot something else that you're also going to bring up. <laughs> no, no, sorry. That's uh, that's all I remember out of our uh, right. <laughs> out of our archive of stuff to talk about. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> now I myself came across. Uh, I was on Geek Therapy Network, and I uh, I came across uh, Josue Cardona. He had he had posted a study. Um, and it was a study that was presented by Kalen McKinney on uh, studyfinds.org, which is a site that I'm starting to enjoy a little bit more. It's really good at linking studies to other studies. So if a study references another study, you know, it, for the purposes of empirical evidence or to um, reinforce stuff that's being discovered in said research, um, like just being able to link that and 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 you can go you can jump from study to study to study to to really understand exactly what's going on um anyways this this study itself was uh suggesting suggesting i mean uh, the findings are still not 100% conclusive right uh, it's science but uh suggesting the video game players are better and faster learners um, I looked at the sample size, uh, it was not as impressive as I would have liked, but it was attached to, um, it, it was basically finding supporting another study that had a significant sample size. I think it was, um, well over, I think it was over 400 people. I can't remember off the top of my head to be, to be quite honest, but it was like attached to a bunch of different studies, which is, which was a good thing. Like it was just, this is reinforcing something that somebody else has already researched. So it's like, we're not just replicating, we're building on what already exists. Um, so 
like I'm going to make sure that there is a link to this uh, to this study in the show notes so that everybody can see it. But like this is the way that this sort of information should be communicated, um, providing some empirical evidence, providing like very specific uh, sample sizes, stuff like that, so that you understand what's going on and understand the, the science behind it. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be posting many media news stories anymore because I I found working with them or trying to engage with those articles that it can be dangerous and that sometimes you you won't be reporting or you won't be discussing things that may actually be scientifically significant. Um, whereas the these studies it was it was. It was fun to go down the rabbit hole, let's put it that way. And I, yeah. I didn't feel like I was wasting my time. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so I'll be sure to include that in the show notes if at any point I find out that maybe it's not the best kind of science. Uh, we will definitely uh, disclaim yeah, we'll it. Address but, it. Uh, but presently it was good. Uh, like one of the, the primary factors, like here, let's see if I still have the page open. I might actually still have it open. Um, just even the headline was uh, uh, the, the the author of the study actually said, our study shows that gamers are better, or I'm going to say the study suggests, gamers are better in analyzing a situation quickly to generate new knowledge and categorize facts, especially in situations with high uncertainties. Um, that sounds great. Um, and it kind of seems intuitive, <laughs> but that's the that's a slippery slope. Which is is the problem with um, yeah I, I, with stuff I, like that. I think it's a a little bit of an extension from I've seen. I I would be hard pressed to, perhaps isolate one of the studies offhand, but there there are studies that very strongly indicate that people who game more frequently tend to do better with um, a lot of uh, a lot of input, a lot of data coming at them very quickly, and they they're they're more practiced at making quicker snap decisions. So maybe that it's um the study you're talking about is kind of a, a one step further a little bit of an extrapolation of those base skills being applied yeah potentially um, potentially know. yeah i mean i'm gonna keep watching how this sort of spirals out yeah um i mean it's based off of a massive analysis from uh, i'm just reading the article now uh from 116 different empirical studies on video games okay. so it's just building off of other existing stuff yeah i would not be surprised if the study that you were suggesting is also tied yeah, into part this. of that I, yeah so i'm gonna stop saying study now because i've said it a bunch of times but uh very cool article uh something that i'm i i, I mean it's something that i can get behind uh because basically it just suggests that gamers are actually better and faster learners better than the average person well, the problem is uh, gaming saturation is so high now. I guess the suggestion is just better than people who don't game. Um, who are and I, who are I, who I, are these people? Who are these yes, people that don't game? <laughs> Whereas I'm I'm pretty sure the study outlines clearly what can be defined as a gamer. I think it's uh, someone who exposes themselves to video games and not in a naked kind of way, but in a we engage with the game kind I of just way. Had to go um, there for and yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's the. Uh, the witching hour for me so um <laughs> my child is already asleep and usually i go to bed by now too um yeah. 
but uh yeah there's a set hour um commitment i think per week so uh that was the suggestion for what qualifies as a gamer but yeah i just i really enjoyed i enjoyed it i was happy to come across it it was Mm -hmm. the type of uh study I, i wasn't afraid to discuss um, because I'm starting to become a little more careful about what I do discuss. There was also another article that I came across that was about, not on this site, that was about the discussion that game addiction may not be a thing. Um, and that is a that is a tougher conversation to have because depending on which school of thought and which professionals you talk to, some people will say even just the use of the term addiction is a little too complicated or loaded. Yes. Um, that they're, like some people build dependencies on certain things in their lives. Um, I mean, certainly there, there are things that you can be addicted to, but um, for some reason, uh, psychologists and, and certain, um, certain individuals don't want to discuss gaming addiction specifically whereas the media loves to write stories about it outline yeah. it do all kinds of weird stuff about yeah. it so well yeah um, you're hitting on it exactly is that the the term addiction is loaded with the um traditionally it was always used for uh, like chemicals that external chemicals that you would put into yourself and that's where the addiction would come from rather than yeah doing something that could produce chemicals within you like external stimulus <laughs> creating those chemicals yeah. i guess I, I i don't know i don't know that's yeah it's, yeah it it's yeah. that's the extent of my knowledge that like the, the term addiction is really sticky the, yeah it's not a can of worms i want to open up yeah. like it's it's something that i feel like you and i um the the longer that we do this we should get a little more comfortable with it and just form an opinion and stick to it um, well, I but, like I have an opinion, but I, I don't feel like it that that it's like I'm not a dude who understands neurochemistry down to the very core. I'm so that's that's yeah. not that's just I don't have that foundation. I don't have that backing. So my opinion is you know not super founded, and I I would hate to be spreading misinformation because you know I just because I freaking think so. Yeah, and I I'm 100% behind you. Uh I'm just I'm suggesting that this is like this very podcast is um based on on learning. And I feel like in our lifetimes we should probably hopefully um encounter person, yeah. something that we can trust that <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that can give us some sort of yeah. answer. It, um, it'll happen, or at least give us a framework for, with which to discuss this stuff with other people whenever they bring it up. Yeah, and I I agree with you. It's it's just that we, we've been engaged in this kind of discourse for a while now. Yeah, and and the term video game addiction has been floating around for what ten twenty years, and it's still super fuzzy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, um, it's like it's just that there's we know that at some point we are going to have a solid definition of it but i'm not inside that discussion enough to know <laughs> when that end is actually going to come tell about, me Steve. you know <laughs> i need you to tell me you're smarter than i am i need to know all um, lies <laughs> Stu, yeah no it, it's fine uh, and i'm not expecting you to tell me um <laughs> I've I happen to have access to a 
very very cool community of people all of whom have yeah. very differing opinions on that so uh it's funny yeah. so when they that... get their shit together you yeah. let us know yeah i will i will okay so you know what uh i think maybe uh ooh. no i don't really want to talk about <laughs> no no it's just this dude there's so much crazy shit going on right now like uh, the stuff that just happened in New York within the last few hours is horrible. Um, I mean, the indictment stuff with Trump, that's exciting or horrible, depending on what side of the fence you're on. Um, I, I, but like, I've been locked out of, like away from the world for the last 20 hours, so I have no idea. So you're just going to have to carry on, and if there's a conversation there, have it without me. Okay, yeah, uh, d- yeah. Don't <laughs> worry about. Uh, actually, you know what? Take the time to read about New York. It was it's horrible. Uh, somebody drove a truck through a uh, bike lane uh, tonight. Tonight. Well, what a um, dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not not a good thing. Um, and on that note, let's go to happy bubbly things. <laughs> um, so let's go to uh, what we learned from gaming. Now, Stu, I've talked a little bit. And I know sometimes you don't like to go first, but would you like to go first? I'm giving you the option. <sighs> um, yeah, you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine other way tonight. Because I don't uh, actually remember what game you're doing, and you know exactly what game slash series I'm doing. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, do <laughs> okay. Do you want <laughs> you want me to go first? Is that, is yeah, that I saying? love surprises. Okay. Okay. I'm so excited. I, I, just, I want you to do it. I, I, I thought, want you to do the thing. I um, because I have a list of games that I I would like to cover at some point, and I I hit the Wikipedia page on all of them before I make a decision, and just the I guess the box art of this one is what drew me in and said this is what should be on the same episode as what Chase is selecting today. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm ready to look <laughs> so, at a box art. So, You're going to hear me type in a second. So I'm going to talk about Payday 2. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Payday 2. This is another game that I've streamed a bunch. Uh, it was released uh, third quarter 2013. Uh, yeah, August 13. It, has, it, it was uh, developed by Overkill. And they got a lot of credit for what they've done. They they put out a lot of free content over over time with Payday 2. Uh, on launch, there were X number of missions. At this point, they've released probably I don't know. I would I don't know offhand. Um, probably another one or two full sets of missions for free to the community just over time. They've developed a lot of cosmetic DLC. Um, a lot of not cosmetic DLC and they packages up package it up in fairly small affordable chunks and let people kind of pick and choose what they want to do there are also levels that are DLC that you can download um, only one of the people it's it's uh, often played cooperatively uh, up to four players can play together and only the host has to have the heists the 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 levels so they're they're actually they're not super shysty about the packs that they made they did at some point do a safe and like a a lockbox and a key thing which the community was raging about 
that was done when they 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 kind of lost rights. They they had to sell the the uh, management of the company for a little while, and and things were bad for a little bit. They seem to have recovered face and thing. It was there was a big kerfuffle, but um, that that should be the end of discussion of. Uh, the business side and the the, the <laughs> developers and blah blah blah. So game, yeah, game. There game. we go. <clears throat> so Payday Two is this weird kind of half stealth game. It's a it's a first person game. It's a first person shooter, but kind of a stealth game. Uh, you can play it single player. You can play it alone, or you can play it with AI bots who are useless, or you can play it with other humans who are often useless it's 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 good fun <laughs> the the premise is you're part of a gang that pulled that, that does really dangerous heists so it could be robbing museums or banks or fancy art galleries or different um like high profile things like polit get involved with rigging politician elections things and different stuff and like coke grabs and, and and just all kinds of things some of it's crazy violent uh some of it is super stealthy oriented and so you you go into the game you pick what mission you want to do what difficulty you want to play on and you just go through it could be uh for example you just kind of drop into a corner of the map and you have to find like eight bags of loot somewhere in a warehouse then you're just kind of let loose so there, there there's different equipment that you can load out with you can have big guns or small guns sneaky guns or not sneaky guns you know knives or grenades or flamethrowers or whatever actually that's a lie there are no flamethrowers no flamethrowers no no flamethrowers I don't know why I thought Shucks. there were... What was I looking at? Why did I think there I were flamethrowers? <laughs> you can have a bow and arrow. A bow and arrow yeah. is not a flamethrower. No, but, it uh, isn't. There you go. So, so there will be guards and civilians. There are different ways to manage them. A lot of the game, you're kind of learning the levels. Each level will have different sorts of objectives. Some of them will say there is a, like a key prize, a particular piece of loot that you have to get. That is your objective. You go in, do it, do, it doesn't matter how. You just go, you get that thing, and then you run out to the extraction point, and you're good. We don't care if you, you know, run around and stab every civilian on the level and kill everyone. They penalize you for killing civilians, but if, if that's what you gotta do, man, you just, <laughs> you, if, you just, you do, you do you, man, that, and get the thing that you need, and you get out. Uh, there are other missions where you kind of have to, arguably have to, stealth through them. So that would be not killing everyone in the world. Uh, there are other missions which are, they call them loud missions, where there is no opportunity of stealth. You're kind of, you know, blowing the front doors in and going in, guns blazing. So there's a widespread of, of different opportunities and different experiences that you can have. But learning the levels ends up being a key part of it. 
you scale up difficulty and then guards are much more angry, they get angry quicker, they spot you sooner, cameras end up getting bulletproofed, so you learn different safe routes through the levels, you learn optimal paths to try and get to specific loot in different places, you know, through easiest access points. Um, and, and some of that can change based on those hopefully less than useless human players that you're with. As you play the game, you can level up. You unlock different skills. So those skills can range from being very combat-oriented to very stealth-oriented. So instead of taking 60 seconds to pick a lock on a door, it might only take you 20 seconds. So now all of a sudden your, your window of exposure is much smaller. It's a lot safer if there's someone who's good at lock picking, that they're the person doing the lock picking, and then just, just your odds of success go through the roof. Someone else there might have a very silent drill. There might be locked doors or locked safes that you have to drill the lock out of. So if a normal person uses a drill, it's super loud, but somebody else spent their character points on bringing a quiet drill because what kind of idiot would bring a loud drill if you're trying to be sneaky? And then you're good. And everyone is happy. So you can kind of you slowly get used to the role that your character has to play, um, the roles that your friends are going to play, and how all of that works out in terms of managing civilians on the map, managing guards that are not on the map, managing cameras that are on the map, and pulling out all the sacks of loot that you need. Right, but... If okay, because I've played a little bit of this game, not yeah. a lot. Um, so you get to influence exactly what your character is good at and what your character is equipped with. Yes, don't you? Yes, you get to as you level up, you can pick your skill set, um, what what your character levels go into. They've changed the way the character skill trees work a bunch of times. Uh, and at the beginning of every mission, you can now actually switch between different skill sets as well. So you can kind of have a loud mission set up and a quiet stealth mission set up. Uh, okay, cool. And same, same goes with equipment. So, you know, a bow is quiet, but if you know you're going into a big warehouse raid where there are going to be a crap ton of guys who are waiting there to kill you and there's no way of stealthing, you don't want a small bow you know you 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 want a big ass shotgun or something you know right something that's maybe a little bit less discreet but at the end of the day <laughs> okay yeah might be more um, useful okay so then um i i guess like we've we've got the core mechanics we've got the the concepts um i think you're and i mean you're hitting it but just to summarize part of what makes this game so good is that you do have so many options uh, with the exception of maybe loud missions you have so many options with how to solve like imagine that each heist is a puzzle and you have four people that should all theoretically be working in unison towards solving that puzzle 
there are so many different ways to solve that puzzle. It, like that that was my understanding of why the game is good. Is that accurate? Absolutely. And there are the ways in which like if you're playing alone, the ways in which you can approach each puzzle change. So it's not just about your role in a team, but your role alone. I mean, either way, um, if you're tackling a level with friends and say you split the level into into chunks, so you you deal with you know these two rooms and get all the loot out of them. I'll deal with these two rooms and get all the loot out. The way the two of you will approach those situations can be very, very, very different. You're going to lean on whatever strengths you have, not only in your your character levels, but you as a player. You might prefer doing this thing or the other thing. And those are all... I guess those are all strengths that kind of just come out over time as you're playing and you <sighs> learn the game a little bit more. Okay. Um, so then, uh, again, just the mechanics. I've only ever played this game by myself, so I, I'm not 100% sure. If somebody else... Uh, sets off alarms or sets off a guard or anything like that how does it affect you in a multiplayer round because i've never i've never encountered that so i'm not really sure like d does the entire team get made or is it just that person it is the entire team and that is also an experience that is really really fascinating that that's it it's simultaneous it's the most frustrating part of the game but it's also the <laughs> the most wonderful part of the game where okay for example when you when you take down a guard you have to go to their body and spend you know 10 seconds over the body answering their pager so during that time you can't do anything else so wherever you kill a guard you as a character have to stand where that guard was and you're exposed and you're stuck and if you break answering the pager the alarms go off and the entire team is made so the the premise behind that is if a guard sees you and you're quick enough to kill him before he draws his gun or calls an alarm or anything like that that's great but you're still in this incredibly dangerous position for a little bit and if there's another guard nearby who sees that, your entire team knows that you can't deal with that. Yeah. And so they all leave their spots of safety to try and come in and contain the situation. It's all about this <laughs> this panic and this, this incredible rush of trying to minimize threat and, and contain everything. And it's so when somebody is alerted you know on the hud it shows up as this exclamation mark and if you're sitting in shadows or somewhere like behind boxes you know it, it's not you yeah dude like it's somebody else. something is wrong and you have yeah. you know maybe six seconds to run a quarter of the way across <laughs> the map and maybe maybe you'll get a line of sight and maybe you'll make a headshot that brings the guy down and then maybe you can clear that distance from you to that next guard's body in the nine seconds so you can answer the pager in time and then you're there for 10 seconds while your other buddy is now going to cover your ass and it's yeah. it's this fascinating interplay of sheer terror 
Yeah, so it, it's interesting because, like, the most violent solution to a problem also makes you the most vulnerable for uh, about 10 seconds. For, yeah, yeah. And uh, let me tell it feels like forever. <laughs> and- <laughs> yeah, I've, I've, I've played through I've played through a few missions, and it is, it's a noticeable amount of time. Um, like, the missions that require that you kill people... Um, yeah, you're really standing around for a while, and then you got to body bag them and drag their uh, drag pies them away. around. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's it's a very it is a very tense moment, and and it's really interesting. I think I don't know if there's a better way to capture it than they did, but that's more of a game design thing. I, yeah, I, it's. I feel like uh, some of that, um, like I don't know. Did you? Because I haven't. I, I've never even played a Hitman game. I've watched other people play it. I feel like a lot of these lessons learned were either refined from the original Hitman series. And I, I do slightly wonder if the newest Hitman maybe even improves on this formula. Um, but it's uh, it's it's a set of mechanics that has existed for some time. But I feel like Payday 2 really really captured the concept and and um, made it into a mechanic that feels very significant when you play yeah i think it's this interesting balance because i i really enjoy stealth games and bringing it back to something like the old thief games which uh if you're a fan of stealth games and you haven't played the thief games (laughs) like the old ones like thief thief and thief 2 are absolute masterpieces um yeah i think thief 2 was maybe better was it i don't know i don't know they're both really 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 solid um and you feel very vulnerable all the time uh in hitman i think you're very much you're still very empowered like it doesn't matter if you're holding onto a gun or a, a a pool cue or a a beer bottle or a sock like you just you you can kill people very easily in hitman so you never i never got the feeling of being endangered in that game okay and i guess payday 2 is the only it's the only game i've played where you have that sense of vulnerability in a multiplayer setting where someone else on the team being exposed leaves you very vulnerable and you need to react and you need to be able to extract yourself from wherever you are your safe little spot and and get into a position to help without yourself becoming vulnerable and that that that's it's really it's very taxing it's very interesting it's very tense and it, it's it's an experience that i haven't seen anywhere else i guess <laughs> okay yeah. um Okay, so then let's uh, let's get to brass tacks here. In terms of educational concepts, um, and uh, you know, not like high academic stuff. Like it, it sounds like vulnerability or understanding um, the the presence of vulnerability in the game is a significant mechanic, um, because things can go south so quick mm-hmm. uh, if somebody makes a mistake. Um, what? else do you feel like you've learned from the game there i mean yeah a lot of the game or is do you think you so other people could learn from the game 
there's a lot of learning level by level. There's a lot of learning how to kind of exploit AI, of course, as there is in any game, <laughs> in any game, especially yeah. in any stealth yeah. game, right? Uh, yeah. But is that that is the biggest thing is that that minimizing your weakness rather than exploiting your strength is uh it's a big fundamental part of the game and it's one that's it stands out as as different to me like so many games are about you know you have this power and you use this power to beat the shit out of everyone in the universe and payday 2 is it feels like the complete opposite where it's the game is focused around these moments of this is when you're at your weakest and you need to minimize these things which is i don't know that that's really interesting to me but in terms of other things to take away there are still aspects of strategy and uh how you want to approach a level you there are levels that you can do stealthy or you can do loud and you can do them alone and you can do them with AI and it's very different or you can do them with friends and it's very different. You can trade roles and swap roles in and out and, and get a better get a better feel for, for team dynamics. And when it's a game about that kind of um, heisty situation, communication is a really big deal. You'll learn how to prioritize different things. You know, guards are bad, guards have guns. But civilians are bad because they run around like chickens and you need to you do still need to prioritize between the guards and the civilians and the cameras what is actually the most important thing when you're in a loud situation there are normal cops normal cops are bad but there are bulldozers they're like dudes dressed as tanks they have more armor than anything you know than than a semi there are people with tasers there are crazy ninjas that bring you down so you have this <laughs> this target acquisition priority that you have to cycle through very quickly and understand uh, yeah. a lot of the new levels have a big planning stage where you have a certain amount of money and a certain amount of favors to put down favors in the level so if you want more ammunition to be available because you can only carry so much ammo if you're going to need more they can stuff some somewhere in the level for you and that can be a thing that you focus on or if you think you're worried about health packs somewhere or if you'd rather have a key card somewhere or uh, keys to the vault or that kind of thing so there's a pre-planning stage where all of that stuff can be determined and and you kind of figure out how you're going to tackle the entire situation before you even load into the level so there are all kinds of different uh, different areas where you're engaged in trying to think about what is the best way to tackle this level with these objectives the way we want to do it and and how are we going to exploit everything possible to accomplish the goals and make the best of our strengths minimize our weaknesses all that usual stuff okay so then um hmm. i feel like we've like we've we've gone over quite a bit for this game mm. uh what would you say are some of the cons for the game oh well like i said exploiting the ai is is always <laughs> going to be an issue i mean it's, is that a pro or it's, a con it's, um because it, you have to learn you have to learn its yeah, behavior before you can exploit it that, that that's true but no ai thus far is perfect so 
there are X number of different randomized layouts on each level. So once you, some people have actually played it enough and learned that if there's a guard in this spot, then there won't be a guard in that spot. So, okay. so it, it, you can kind of metagame it a little bit, which breaks down some, arguably breaks down some of the decision making you have to do. I don't know. Maybe that's even an improvement. I, I don't know. There are also things like, you know, once once you've gotten used to doing a level a certain way, it becomes a bit routine, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Um. Also, there are just some some weapons that are better than others. Uh, I'm I'm not privy to what's the top of the meta right now, so I don't know if what's the best is part of DLC or not. Right. Uh, which is which would be a big thing if the best of the best was all pay paid gear and DLC, that would be very disappointing. But um, yeah, I guess okay. I think I think I think that's that's about it. I uh, yeah, that, <laughs> you seem pretty the, tacked out. Yeah, the the AI I, I think is, is like the, the biggest the biggest con because it's yeah. It, it's going to be the biggest weakness of a game like this. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair. Um, and I, I'm thinking, honestly, um, as long as there's still a market for it, which I think that Payday 2 did pretty successfully. Oh, yeah. And it, they've got a very loyal fan base. Um, as long as there's a market, we know that AI is going to continue to get better. I think so, um, yeah. So, so I'm anything that may take the form of something like Payday 3, if it isn't just outright Payday 3, I think is going to be very very cool moving forward start making more stealth games guys they're the best <laughs> oh Stu oh Stu uh, sometimes <laughs> I wonder no, like no, it, I'm, we live in an era where shooters first person shooters are a big deal um, but the variation on that formula is so limited in what AAA is willing to do um, mean? that sometimes like Payday is a breath of fresh air, right? Um, Just because it's the only FPS, or it, like in the last twenty years, to not have uh, like waist high cover walls that you push a button <laughs> to run between. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh well, uh, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that somebody takes the time to do it, uh, and I expect that they probably will. Um, yeah, it's just. Uh, it's a shooter, you know. Yeah. It, but it's not. Um, well, it's not uh, Gears of Call of Gears of Honor. So yeah. I mean, there's something different to it. You are right. You are right. I recommend it. Um, it's a good game. There it's a fun you game. You should play. And you it make I you had smarter. More time, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, dude. Uh, uh, bringing it right back, full circle. Yep. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say before I jump into my games? Uh, do, 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 but me, no, I think no, I think that uh, pretty much that covers it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, cool. So, uh, right. <laughs> just trying to figure out how to follow that. <laughs> um, okay. Box art. Yeah, I'll just box say art's it. the yeah, key. I'll just say it. Yeah, box art is the key. <laughs> well, the box art for every single one of uh, my games is a Pokemon, so uh, I am going to talk about Pokemon today. Um, 
Pokemon, you know what I'm going to try to focus on blue and uh, I guess in the US it was red, blue and red as much as I can. Um, but I'll also talk about other iterations because I've played basically every generation that came out. Um, and the, the series has actually made some very solid improvements over time. Some of it was just bloat. Um, and when I say bloat, I mean like uh, content bloat. So like they take the original formula and just keep attaching. Um, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's it's needless stuff to it. But we'll, we'll get into that. Um, so anyways, Pokemon was designed by Game Freak and published by Nintendo. And it still is to this day. Uh, Game Freak still going strong, but uh, definitely still just works exclusively for Nintendo. Um, it was published in 1996 and I'm talking about, uh, blue and red, uh, or in this case, I think it's uh, red and green, um, in Japan and then 1998. So a two year gap between coming to, uh, North America. So 1998 in North America, uh, the genre type, it's a JRPG style capture and train game. So you capture little, little baby monsters, um, so the core mechanics of the game is you travel the large world map and you use your Pokemon to engage in turn-based combat with other Pokemon with the ultimate goal of someday being the very best in your region, so beating the Elite Four. Um, you capture wild Pokemon to expand your team and uh, also fill your Pokedex, and that's that's really it. Leveling up opens up new abilities uh, for your Pokemon, also the possibility of evolving, and there's a bunch of different ways that you can evolve stuff. And these are mechanics that have carried over from game to game to game. Um, <clears throat> so if we're talking about... Um, well, really, any any entry in the series, because uh, this is going to stand true for most of them. But the newer the newer ones uh, start to do this a lot better. But uh, uh, these games definitely encourage memori memorization of Pokemon types. Um, if you want to exploit your opponent's weaknesses in battle, uh, it's very much a rock paper scissor kind of system. Um, so I guess a good example. Some of them aren't as intuitive as you would think, but like water is strong against water. Uh, grass is strong against water, or sorry, water is strong against fire, grass is strong against water, um, dark is strong against psychic, psychic is strong against fight and poison um, and ghost, uh, dragon is strong against, I think it's dragon? <laughs> <laughs> like there's, there's a, there's a steel, steel strong against a bunch of stuff, but it's weak against thunder and fire because you can melt it or you can uh, zap it and it, it's, it can, it conducts. Um, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of different, uh, types, but, um, something always trumps them. Um, so nothing is invincible. Uh, even th there were a few loadouts there. There was a generation or two where there were things that had no weakness, um, and people very quickly figured Super out that's OP. not... Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work, and everybody uses those yeah. Pokemon in competitive play. Um, the game also encourages ex ex uh, experimentation. There we go. Experimentation and exploitation. Or, no, wow, no, this is not well, for it kind of does. <laughs> I mean, experimentation. I mean, yeah. Pokemon like capturing things. It it's all about exploitation. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. We will talk about that when we get to the cons. <laughs> um, so it encourages experimentation, exploitation. Uh, <laughs> See? See, exploration, exploration, and um, exercises in 
patience as you're required to level and evolve your Pokemon uh, to get stronger. Um, And this is because there's a difficulty curve in each game um, that can generally only be overcome by leveling Pokemon. So if you want to get to the end of the game, you need to have properly leveled Pokemon, usually evolved, um, if you want to be the very best in your region. Um, there's some variations in these games, um, and allows for more intimate interactions with your captured Pokemon. And though the games are designed for fighting, um, a number of the iterations of the games have also included, uh, prize shows. So like beauty shows or cute shows, um, nurseries, uh, farms, parks, and reserves. So like, I remember the Safari Zone in the original game, you could not fight the Pokemon there. You weren't allowed to. Uh, there was very specific rules while you were in there. You could, like, throw stones to distract them, uh, throw bait to attract them, and then you'd just throw a Pokeball. And if you caught caught them, you caught them. If you didn't, you didn't. Um, a lot of people were annoyed by that system, and uh, I haven't seen anything quite Never like showed it. showed up again, later. yeah. <laughs> it, it showed up for a few. It showed up, I think, until... Ruby and Sapphire, which is the third generation, yeah. but um, it phased out. It phased out over time. It's not in the new version at all, at least um, not regular Sun and Moon. Uh, maybe maybe the new one that's coming out, there's like a new version of Sun and Moon coming out for DS. I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. Um, so here, let's see. Um, uh there's also it's it i mean things are starting to there pokemon is now very aware of the criticisms that are aimed against it so many of the later iterations of pokemon strive to convey the importance of nature and balance in the world of pokemon stressing that every creature on the planet has a purpose and that nature and pokemon should be respected um so some of the pros of these games uh they're simple uh, there's a simple combat system. It's the elemental rock, paper, scissor format that allows for to be quickly learned. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a great depth to play because there's just so many options. I, I have lost track of the number of Pokemon, but I think we're pushing a thousand. Um, we're getting close. Like it's, it's at about 800 now, I think. Um, but so there's depth to play. There's also like the sheer number of Pokemon, allows players to literally create whatever party they want or enjoy using. Uh, the game is very approachable for gamers of all ages. Uh, children love these games. Love them. Um, and it's such a great entry for turn-based games for, for a child. But it also ends up being engaging for adults. especially. And there's uh, a very real competitive scene for, uh, for Pokemon battles as well. Um, which is like both cute and a little bit repugnant because like you, you get the kids that just love the Pokemon and they're just playing the Pokemon they like. And then you get like the uber competitive guys who have been playing Pokemon for almost 20 years. Um, which I mean, I've done, but I, I don't like take things super competitively. I just, uh, I just play what I want and I play what I like. Yeah, You've been on both sides but of what, that, right? Yeah. Um, but, uh. What's really cool and something that I've seen lately is there are competitive players that will just laugh in the face of convention and prove that you really can just take whatever Pokemon you want and win. Um, I think the most recently in one of the largest competitive events, everybody was making fun of Eevee, 
who is one of the basest yeah. Pokemon you could possibly get. Like normal, vanilla. The only way Eevee is good is if you evolve it into something, usually an Umbreon, which is the dark version of it, or like a Jolteon, which is the fastest version of it, or maybe the psychic version. Right there, you you don't just play an Eevee because it's like it's like eating the bread without any butter or anything on it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, somebody somebody won one of a uh, major competition using an Eevee, um, and it was a big deal. It exploded the meta, the meta uh, in in such a huge way, um, and it's it's just a testament to the possibility of this game. Like you find monsters that you like, you create a team around it. Uh, unfortunately, in competitive play, there are things you need to consider. There are tactics that get used heavily, um, but. Uh, that's going a little deeper than I think we really need to. Because, um, I mean, th- this game is so approachable and so many different people can play it. Um, and it, I, even just the art design, like, th- this game has found a way to to capture a special place in the hearts of many, many people. It really resonates with, with a lot of people. And it's really surprising. And it's, I, it's so unusual like you said i don't know if the art is part of it or if it's just the the mechanics are approachable and is it the the characters you play as being very like it is is well, that part you're part usually the, you're like the morgan freeman of pokemon yeah. right like you, yeah. you're the silent protagonist who will occasionally do things your characters <laughs> are getting more you said you said like, just it, i think you meant gordon freeman not morgan yeah, freeman so, oh, no. <laughs> as long as i have been alive people have enjoyed the sound of my voice um no well um yeah i meant morgan no i did it again gordon freeman uh wow uh, i'm sorry was that exploitation yeah um yeah yeah i mean your characters are getting more agency as games go on but you you were the silent protagonist yes um like through every single game, every single generation, as far as I can tell. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I, I, people don't come for the main character, mm-hmm. uh, to a Pokemon game. They, they come for the Pokemon. Right. Um, and I know what keeps me coming back is a, uh, it's, it's a lot of stuff. I mean, I've got, like it's basically history now uh for me it's almost comfort food right like i if i want to just unwind um and also just run through a field of nostalgia i play a pokemon game um and it's just because i started playing them when i was younger uh i wasn't that young i was in high school uh i definitely got ridiculed for playing them in the halls uh of of high school Hmm. but like i i didn't care it uh, for me it was a very interesting social um game like it was a collectible game where you could make whatever team you wanted you could fight your friends you could trade trade with your friends um it was just it was really really interesting um and that has only gotten better over time if that makes any sense like i remember not this generation but a few generations ago um i i picked up i think it was the a ds specifically so that i could play pokemon and then i was just riding on a bus and there was a kid up at the front of the bus who was playing and we ended up like fighting 
and then we ended up trading and we got like different Pokemon that we didn't have. And it, it was just this weird social thing. Um, it's a little less personal now because now you can just do it and you don't even have to talk to the person. Um, there's a lot of internet Wi-Fi stuff that occurs now, uh, that makes it, it, um, less face to face, but also really opens up the world so that, um, things that you usually wouldn't get exposed to like special event Pokemon or, um, even just, uh, Pokemon from different parts of the world. Like, uh, the, your Pokemon is now stamped with the region it's from so like north america italy japan russia uh china so like and there are minor perks for for getting <laughs> globally ethnic pokemon um but uh, it's mostly aesthetic if i can be honest um but uh it, it's just it's this weird phenomenon that's been going for like 20 years uh, the last iter- the last iteration, like Pokemon Sun and Moon, I don't know how well they sold, but like it was a deviation from the regular formula, and it was actually refreshing. It was it was a nice change. Like you got to be an in- uh, spoilers, sorry guys, mm-hmm. um, you got to be an integral part of building the Elite Four in your region. Um, like you actually get to help contribute to it, and then. As you continue playing after that event occurs, you're the head of that organization. So every time you go to win the game, it's somebody else coming to challenge you. And like that was just flipping generations upon generations on their head because that what would happen after you won the game is you just go back and fight the same people over and over and over again. Now in the newest generations, like we're actually seeing progress in that, oh, you know what, like, no, you, you're the best in the region. People come to you. Um, and I really, really like that concept. Um, I feel like I'm getting a little sidetracked, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know what? Let's talk about some of the cons for Pokemon though. So Pokemon, uh, and this is, this is sort of a weird one. Um, the, the, there's a couple of cons for Pokemon, but one of the, one of the ones that has been placed against it is that some people feel Pokemon is sort of morally repugnant. Um, and they compare the concept of playing Pokemon to dog fights or animal abuse because what you're doing is you're taking a creature in its natural environment, pulling it out, and exploiting it and press ganging it into servitude and violence. Um, that's a fair criticism. Uh, I'm not going to really deny that that is the core mechanic of the game. Um, but. Uh, you let that go a lot more. I I'm not a Pokemon fan, and I would yeah f- I would fight pretty fervently against that kind of argument. Like I well, I just yeah. did, and maybe that's because I'm a bigger fan of FPSs than you, and I'm also not a homicidal maniac. <laughs> yeah, no, I I 100% <laughs> agree with you. Like uh, again, it's a game, um, but like some people would argue yeah but it's a game about uh it's a game about animal abuse it Uh, is but i i at no point fell felt bad like i haven't played a lot of pokemon the pokemon that i did play i did not feel about feel bad about and i i like i it's just it no it doesn't i don't i don't get it (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it yeah. Some people are just uncomfortable with the concept. Um, yeah, for me, I it's it's fair. never been an issue either. Yeah. Like I've never been particularly upset about it. There are some mechanics in game that are a little weird. Like um, you, there's a breeding mechanic in game, um, and there are some behind the scenes, <laughs> uh, some behind the scenes yeah, stats yeah. that you can get, and some of the best ways to improve them. Uh, generally is by inbreeding, um, which I don't think that was an intentional creation. It's just happens to be the easiest way to make it happen. Um, also, what we do I, in reality also. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, for actual dogs, yeah. Maybe um, maybe not a great thing, but most it's pets, a thing. No. Yeah. Um, also, some people don't like grinding. Uh, the, the game does have a very big grindy... Uh, element to it that has been hugely alleviated in later versions of the game you notice it's so much less now uh, there's just so many ways to get around it um, and by get around it I mean there's a bunch of items that you can get that basically make it uh, almost effortless you still have to fight stuff you still have to to level but uh, to get to the point where you can win the game is not nearly as hard and to get Pokemon to levels that you want them to be at Again, not not as hard as it used to be. Um, and yeah, you know what? I think that's really it. Uh, you, what we have is an incredibly cute game that continues to appeal to people. Uh, the cartoon has been running just as long as the game has been out. Um, people still watch it. People still consume it. Uh, Pokemon are some of the most recognizable characters in the Nintendo yes. line. Um, and some people have an encyclopedic memory of them. If I'm playing the game, I recognize Pokemon right away, know their weaknesses and know how to beat them. Um, I don't always know what moves they're going to have, but that's the excitement of the game. Um, what? Yeah. Great. What, Sorry, go what, ahead. What I was going to say, um, what, what is the biggest educational takeaway other than the, there was a period of time where the, there was a socially dynamic, potential to the game and maybe that's something that they almost tapped into with go but that almost had like a a flash mob not real social interaction <laughs> yeah. side to it I, yeah i just i just banged my microphone but um <laughs> i didn't do it intentionally it's like fuck you go. um no uh um, so, yeah yeah go, go wasn't even made by game freak go was made by another company entirely it's just they licensed uh, the stuff yeah. um in my personal opinion if you take what they were doing with Pokemon Go, you add the real Pokemon mechanics to that system, you will have a guaranteed hit. A guaranteed hit. And then you maintain the support. You don't mess around with things too much. You just take the Pokemon game mechanics, leveling and all, including the move sets, everything for every Pokemon, throw it into Go you will have that mania back and people will play that game nonstop. Um, Pokemon Go as it stands right now is sort of a flash in the pan. People still play it, but it was like a phenomenon that, that lasted about as long as it deserved to because the game <laughs> isn't awesome. Um, so, okay, so I, I would, in another environment, uh, love to bring up something about uh, augmented reality games and like having to go to a volcano to get a Charizard and actually making things geo-dependent. 
but but so so I'm I'm totally gonna call you out because I don't feel like you answered my question about what was okay, what, go ahead. what, yeah, what, what was the biggest educational takeaway from oh, from Pokemon? um oh number one is memorization memorization That's is huge. um okay yeah you you need to uh be able to recognize and yeah. th- what's funny is there's an encyclopedia in the game for pokemon yeah, yeah. in the game designed to ha- to assist you with this and like part of the joy of playing is encountering new Pokemon for the first time and then just trying to figure out, okay, well, what the heck is that? Uh, And it isn't until you capture it that you understand, okay, well, this has this ability. um, It's this type and it gets access to these skills as it levels, but then it might evolve and turn into something completely different. Um, And so it's, it's like a journey of discovery mixed with, contributing to like this encyclopedic quest to catalog while also testing your abilities as a Pokemon uh, trainer, okay. like as, as a battler. Yeah. Um, and it's a good mix. It's a, it's a mix that has worked for the last eight generations of the game. Um, and it's, yeah, it, it the Pokemon sells. If yeah. a Pokemon game comes to a console, it it's sells. There. So, yeah. It's not going anywhere. It's going to keep happening. There's a new one coming out next month. Um, it's just a reiteration of and the cur- current one, but it's going to sell. But when, when? I guess my other question, because I'm not, again, like I said, not a, I'm not a Pokemon fanatic, but I, I, from the Pokemon fans that I do know, but I guess I know people are in, like, Everybody loves Pokemon Snap. Yep. Why? Well, I did love. There are a bunch of people who don't. Okay. okay, here's the thing. There's a bunch of people who don't even know what Pokemon Snap is anymore, right? Yeah, the, pe- the people who could play Pokemon Snap loved it. It was because it was cute. Like, it was a cute novel it was thing. A cute thing. It, w- it was just more immersion into that kind of mythos, I guess. Was that, was that yeah, the biggest? Yeah. Um, uh, and a lot of people can't get enough of the world, yeah. right? Um, and and even just the possibility, because like you lift a rock and there's a new Pokemon. It seems these days, um, the the creature concepts, the creature designs, uh, it, it's all just charming. And um, so so to I, see, I would admit childish in in a lot of ways. Like it's weird to think about some of the people who are latched onto this game solely for the competitive purpose, when in reality, like there's uh, these cute little teddy yeah. bears and all kinds of other weird stuff. Yeah. Right. That's fair. I get. Yeah, I guess some of it is that you know everyone has this idea of what a Snorlax would do if you snuck up on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you play Pokemon Snap, and there's a Snorlax doing exactly what you thought, and it's this this feeling of yes, that was right, and just this gratification of seeing sne- sleep sleepy Snorlax. I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, I I guess that's that's part of. It. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting to note that uh, Pokemon Snap existed on a single console, and they haven't really brought that back. They've they've introduced minor elements like that in other generations like you could just sort of voyeur style creep into a bush and take pictures at special locations yeah. um, 
but uh, actually, I think the newest one you can take pictures whenever you want. Um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I can't remember. It was an element of the game I didn't really engage with because I didn't care. <laughs> um, yeah. I was all yeah, all about training. Um, also, what's really weird, and this is something that I feel really strange not bringing yeah. up. Like, my Pokemon that I have right now, and uh, to be polite, I have quite a few, um, I store them in a bank that's made available by Nintendo, um, and I have Pokemon that have been with me, like, been on my games, uh, I'd say since... Yeah, if I pulled stuff over from Ruby and Sapphire, I couldn't pull back from uh, Silver and Gold. Uh, we're talking since 2005, maybe, or uh, whenever whenever Ruby and Sapphire came out, so maybe 2005, 6. Um, so, like, decades old digital hmm. stuff. Like, and I use them. There's There's stuff that I still use. There's stuff that I still have. Um, uh, one of my major competitive teams has, uh, I think it's a Wovile in it that, uh, yeah, that, that Wovile is like eight years old. Um, <laughs> like it's crazy to think about, but like these things have value. I could trade these things and people would want them like they're commodities. Uh, some of them. So like, it's, it's, it's weird. It's so weird. Like these like I put the time in, I put the effort in, I collected certain things and people want them. They, they have value. Um, it's all inflated, like self preference value, but like it's, uh, it's, it's a, another one of those things where it's almost a created, um, collector's market. Does that make any sense? But also like they, these are things that in game have use. Yeah, and and the I guess the 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 origin also is could be a part of that as well. If you had an older one that was from another continent, would be interesting yeah. as well. And like feed just yeah. just feed into that uh, the collector's idea, I guess. Yeah, and with uh, the I think the latest game they started introducing like region specific. So um, there are Pokemon that have been in the game forever. That now when you go to I think it's what Aloha region, like they're specific to Aloha. Um, like there's a different variant, so it's got different types. It's got different moves. Um, it looks a little different. Um, and that's an interesting sort of twist because it means that moving forward in all generations, uh, moving forward, it means they can revisit whatever Pokemon they want and basically turn it on its head. And those those different variations can exist in the same game as the variations that still exist. So, um, or the original versions, if you will. Um, it's I don't know. It's a game that has evolved so much, which is funny because it's a game about things that evolve. Um, but I'm not going to say that it was always smooth and that it was always well implemented, but uh, it's it's a franchise that I don't feel bad supporting and that I have enjoyed a lot. So, yeah. Um, I think we're about talked out for Pokemon, though, unless you want to touch base on anything else. Um, 
No, no, I think, I think, uh, I, yeah, there's nothing else I want to bring up about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. cool. Um, so then let's, uh, let's jump into the next section, which is, uh, what you can teach us. So Stu, you and I, we love talking about video games, but we also really enjoy hearing from other people. If you like or you have a valuable lesson that you learned from uh, from gaming, please feel free to share it with us at learnfromgamingpodcast at gmail.com. Now, Stu, did you have any correspondence with anyone uh, for this podcast lined up? Uh, no, no, nothing, nothing formal, nothing to bring in. Okay, yeah, because yeah, I had, uh, I we didn't get anything, we didn't get any emails uh, this time around, so... I also have nothing to contribute to this section, so hey, please just email us. Um, even if it's just a couple of lines, we've had some pretty, pretty fun questions. I think it was, uh, was it last episode? I, I don't know. They all kind of blur together, don't they? <laughs> Unfortunately, I yeah, mean, just because everything I recently is listened really, to episode I, nine. I mean, I should rephrase that. Like wh- when things come in and we discuss them, they stand out in my mind as concepts. But when yeah. we recorded them is blurry. So I don't know if that was oh, two weeks ago or yeah. four weeks ago or six weeks ago or who the yeah. hell knows. Um, yeah, actually, I just listened to episode nine again where we had that uh, that email from Mike and I said his full name on air, which was hilarious. <laughs> but he had like the, the I think yeah. the question was what um, what would you like to see? What, what elements would you like to see introduced into games? And uh, we both had like our own opinions on what we wanted to see. And that was, that was a really awesome question. Um, I would love to get more stuff like that. Also, Robert, uh, Robert ring was pretty good about that. Like Candace's question was awesome. Greg was, has been pretty good. Um, so uh, yeah, just, just email learn yeah. from gaming podcast at gmail.com. Shoot whatever you want. And we, we'll talk about and, it. And we still, I have had a couple people, message me and say hey i want to send in an email but i have a i don't have the perfect question like i have a thing that i kind of want to bring up but i don't know just 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 just, fuck, just fucking send it in all right just <laughs> do it just that, that, look that you know reminds what? me of a comedian it's like what's that comedian is like <laughs> i don't know oh uh, that that i'm here now what i'm here now what do i do uh, it's just like it, you send in a question and if it's not quite right and we don't get it then then you'll have a better framework to send in what you actually <laughs> want us to answer and then it'll all be good mm. just, just just it's okay it's okay like if you send in a question that's asked like how do we get past level two in super mario like we'll answer that that's okay we'll help you we'll get there yeah we'll get there we're together <laughs> we, we we will yeah we'll get there it's all good. Send okay. shit in. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, send stuff in. Um, sorry. And the comedian that I was talking about was Chris Delia. Delia. Yeah, he had he had like one of one of his uh, stand ups was pretty funny. It was all about how uh, oh, he should never have a child. <laughs> it was pretty, all right. So was I'm gonna have to check him out then. <laughs> yeah. Um. His his most recent stuff is pretty angry, but. Uh, but yeah, that that he had this one stand up. He was just he was great. Um, uh, so next up, we've got uh, what we've been playing. So Stu, what have you been playing? <laughs> I have been trying to get time to prepare for this weekend because this weekend 
is Extra Life. So this yep. weekend, I'm I'm hosting a uh, a Smite one-on-one tournament. So I have been trying to play Smite for the last few weeks, and I think wow. I've I've got like <laughs> maybe maybe five matches down in the last Man, like. Have, oh, yeah, I'm so no I'm game. so rusty. It is unbelievable. It's gonna mm. be sad. It's gonna be bad. Uh, but uh, I have a. I think over the next couple of weeks, my schedule is going to lighten up a little bit and uh, I yeah. should have a little bit more time to get back into um, uh, probably some other games. I have been listening to a little bit of um, Echo and I, I, I'm I torn. I think I'm going to pick up Echo when it goes on sale because mechanically... It's a. I think I'm gonna find it a little bit mechanically weak, but the story isn't gonna be fantastic either. But there's this interplay between you as the the main character and an yeah. AI, and I and okay. the dynamic between them I think is really well done, and that's something mm. that I that I really want to see. Uh, mm. And it's something I want to see played out. I kind of want to do it myself but i at this point don't have the time so i'm not picking the game up yet and not listening to a full let's play of it but echo is a game that's on my radar which is why i'm bringing it up and that's okay. uh, yeah that's the thing steam pc uh yeah it's on it's i know it's at least on pc there might be more okay. platforms for it i do not know okay um, yeah, hmm. yeah. That's all. I, so I've been playing Smite, trying to play Smite, um, and not listening to Echo, which is a weird thing to bring up. But there we go. That's 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 a half plug for Echo. Check it out. It 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 could be could be interesting. <laughs> if you're into, it's kind of an experiment with artificial intelligence as well, which is part of what brought me into it. It could be neat. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I look. I look forward to checking it out well yeah let us know let us know what's going on um because that sounds interesting um hmm so from uh, anything else that's it (laughs) i wish there was more but that's it okay okay um excuse me i uh burped um (laughs) but not into the mic i still have to talk about it though um all right, so I sold all of my Wii stuff and bought a Switch. Um, decided, you know what, I haven't touched this Wii stuff in a while, and all of the best Wii games are ending up on the Switch anyway, so I might as well just make the jump. And I did, and wow, what a fun little machine. Um, so, like, the the selling features of the Switch is... Uh, you know, it, it, it's a console that you can also just pick up, and it's a handheld. Um, I understand completely why the NVIDIA Shield didn't work, uh, because it didn't have the backing of Nintendo. I also understand now that most NVIDIA Shield uh, chips are <laughs> in uh, Nintendo Switches. Um, so, um, yeah like just it's interesting it's seamless you can just uh if you're playing a game on the tv as long as you have the right peripherals um 
you just slap the controllers back into the side of the console. You pick the the innards of the console up, and it's a handheld. Um, and then it just shifts right over in at like because everything's on the the device itself anyway, right? It's just shooting it in HD to your TV. Um, but uh, in terms of my lifestyle right now, uh, like it's it's awesome. And I was thinking, like, I was just playing with the controllers um, and engaging with some of the lesser-known games for the system. So, like, one of the games that I picked up was Puyo Puyo Tetris, which is, a, it, like, Sega, I guess, owns the rights to Puyo Puyo and Tetris now. So they made that game. And uh, all I could think was, if I had four of these little controllers, like I can just set this thing down and any of us could play this anywhere at any time. Um, which is a really, really cool concept. Or I can just hook it up to the TV and we could play it like couch co-op. It could come back in such a big way. Mm-hmm. And that's when I started having this weird sort of epiphany moment with the device where I'm like, I know what this is supposed to be. And if it reaches a high enough saturation rate in households, this is exactly what it's going to be. And it's the device that gets kids away from a tablet because it's part tablet, but it's a little more complex. Um, and I don't know if Nintendo is scared that it's losing customers to tablet games. I, I think that that could be a valid concern. Um, but like this device, Nintendo has always been really good at uh, making their stuff family friendly but also creating brands that appeal to children. So, like, the new Mario game right now is supposed to be beautiful, supposed to be doing really, really well, uh, supposed to deliver an unbelievable, engaging new experience. Um, uh, the the new Zelda did the exact yeah. same thing. Um, but, like, this device is literally a gateway. It's a gateway into console gaming. Um, and I see it when I hold on to the hardware, <laughs> when I play with it. Um, and there's nothing like, there's nothing wrong no, with that. No. I think that's awesome. And it, it's just, it's so funny because it's like Nintendo is the only one that took the time to take the risk, right? NVIDIA took the time to take the risk, but all hardcore gamers were thinking like, who gives a shit? I'll just play on my PC. Yeah. So that's why the shield didn't work. Like switch is working. It's selling. And if it reaches a certain point, like if it's in enough households, like this is going to be for some people, for some kids, like who have been playing on tablets and playing on smartphones for their entire lives, this could be their first console and it's what they remember. And that's where the nostalgia gets built. And that's how Nintendo understands that this is how they keep their customers and how they build new customers. Um, and I just went off on a really weird tangent, but like just even playing with the device, I'm like, I know what this is. I've heard people talk about Nintendo hardware like this before, yeah. like the the DS. Yeah. Nobody, anybody who saw the DS, they're just like, okay, well, the, the, the PSP, the PlayStation handheld is going to beat it because it's got better specs. It's going to be playing better games. Um, and it didn't, right? It didn't. Um, the DS is still alive and well in the form of the 3DS, right? Like that's, it's a console that if you own the 3DS, you can play all the way back into 2005. Right, there are games that will still work on that console. Like it's nuts, um, 
Anyway, Puyo Puyo Tetris was quite fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Puyo Puyo is a Connect 4 game. Tetris is uh, Tetris. If you don't know what that is, just go watch a video. Um, But uh, it's interesting because you can mix and match. Like one person can be playing Puyo Puyo and the other person can be playing Tetris. And you can be versus. And I'm like, this isn't. Is this balanced? That's crazy, yeah. Um, And... I'm not a hundred percent sure that but it is, it, but uh, I want to experiment. But at that point, it's um, at that point, it's less about the balance and just more about just the just. Oh, just, <laughs> yeah, no, throwing blocks <laughs> at people. Yeah, it's I was gonna say fun, um, but yeah, no, it's yeah. about the griefing. <laughs> yeah, no, well, it is. It is fun. It's a competitive nature. I I don't think that if I play other people, uh, especially people who are new to the game, I'll probably just stick to Tetris. It's much harder to set up uh, combos in Tetris than it is in Puyo Puyo. Poyo Poyo, it's Connect Four, but you can have like all kinds of little uh, combos set up. So, um, so I played that. A lot of fun, interesting, and engaging story mode. It's very anime. Um, I usually skip most of the talking, but uh, still, it's it was entertaining. Um, and then just a bunch of other additional modes, and I was actually pretty happy to pick it up. It was it was pretty cheap, so I didn't feel bad nice. about it. Um, next thing I picked up was Wonder Boy, the Dragon's Trap, which was an awesome game on Sega, the Sega Master System that I used to play when I was much younger, and they basically gave it a facelift, and it looks really good, everything's hand-drawn, you can get it on PC now, um, it's on Steam right now, uh, really, really nice-looking game, uh, and it's, it's literally just the old game, but with a facelift, um, and then uh, picked up Ultra Street Fighter 2. I saw that on sale. Uh, haven't really engaged with that enough to talk about it intelligently, but it's definitely a Street Fighter, and it plays like one. Um, I tried to play some online, and I couldn't find any opponents, so I'm a little sad about that, but I have friends who own it, so we'll probably beat the snout out of each other at some nice. point. Um, also, anybody who comes over, you can just play. Um <laughs> If you ever come over to my house. Um, so War Dragons is not a Switch game. Uh, sorry, I'm going to talk about War Dragons. War <laughs> Dragons is a mobile game. I'm still playing that Logrus uh, mobile game. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying that, but uh, I don't know. Somehow I needed something different, so I decided to play War Dragons. And War Dragons is like... You the the combat system is your uh, your dragons on rails. You just shoot stuff as you fly by, uh, very shooter gallery. Um, but a bunch of different dragons. The motivation is to breed as many dragons as possible. Uh, try and get all the different breeds. Um, so if you couldn't tell that I liked Pokemon, <laughs> <laughs> this game has mechanics that appeal. There are even um, more creatures to breed and exploit. Yeah, um, I don't know how long it's going to hold my interest, but I mean, it's it's something that I play uh, to pass the time when I don't have the Switch in my hands. So, yeah, and that's really it for me. Um, really, really impressed with the Switch, and I'm yeah. not even playing the games that everybody else is yeah. talking about, like um, um, Call... What is it? Uh, Call of the Wild? Uh, I don't know. The, the new Zelda game is supposed to be super good, and the Mario game is just knocking out of the park, too. Like, everybody is just singing praises to this yeah. stuff. Um, but I only have so much money <laughs> and time. What? And the stuff that I have... Yeah, the stuff that I have right now... Um, like, I'm, I'm getting... 
I'm about halfway through uh, Wonder Boy. I know it because I've won it before. Um, but uh, uh, just it's it's fun. It's fun to go back and play that game. I think the price point for it was fair uh, for what it is. And I I mean I know I'm gonna be done it soon, and I probably won't come back to it for a while. But uh, Poyo Poyo Tetris, like I I could play that for hours. That game is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's it for. That's it for me. Did you have any any questions or concerns? <laughs> no, 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 nothing. Uh, nothing jumps out. Okay, good. Um, yeah, uh, some people might be pulling their hair out saying, "Why did you sell your Wii U?" But yeah. uh, to which I would say, "It's okay." Because I I wasn't using yeah. it. Nobody in my house was using yeah. it. Maybe we would have used it in the future, but like we will all use the Switch as long as we don't break it. <laughs> Haven't dropped it yet, so I don't oh, know how that that baby's well, going. Well, just up. don't uh, juggle it, and it'll be fine, I think. Yeah. Um. All right. So, how about we bring this episode to a close? Yeah, I guess so. It's about okay. that time. So then, um, yeah, let's uh, let's start bringing it in. So, thank you, the audience, for taking the time to listen. Hopefully, we weren't too rambly and weird this episode. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed yourselves while you visited. Um, Stu, before we go, was there anything you wanted to plug? Um, I just, uh, I guess the only thing that I, well, just the stuff that I brought up this weekend, uh, this weekend. It's what? It's Tuesday. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. Late. My brain yeah, is just, we, my, we should not my record brain this is close to midnight. so fuzzy. Um, yeah. Uh Nikolai Bolton, uh he's the dude who did the uh action games encourage skill video. Uh links links cool. will be there uh with the show notes. Uh check them out cuz uh, uh yeah, it's it's worth looking at. Um the other thing, Echo, if you're interested in th- I think there's potential just because I talked about Payday as well. It, there's potential in Echo to be played as a stealth game as well, I think is my interpretation yep. i could be mistaken so don't 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 just yeah look into it um and the last thing is extra life uh extra life is going to be this weekend uh it's taking place november 4th which is going to be before this podcast is actually live but extra life takes donations year round so check them out it's uh donations for children's hospitals and if I can do a charity thing for children, fucking anyone can. Um, so Stu, yeah, your your site's open now. Right? Yes, it is. Uh, I I have um, okay. I have uh, tweeted the donation site where people can can do the thing and throw money at sick children and make them better, hopefully, or at least okay, yeah, yeah so or try to help. I'll, I'll probably visit that either sometime tomorrow or the day that after. Would, that would be, uh, paydays tomorrow for that me. That would be so. wonderful. Hey, all, no all, all the children, um, thank you. <laughs> I'm sure they won't even know my name, <laughs> but uh, it's it's definitely for a good cause. Um, cool. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to put uh, I quick? guess the, those, are, those are the three things that are on my mind right now. So that's it. Okay. Um, well, uh, since I am such a Nintendo whore, uh, this episode, <laughs> I, you know what, I, I have to, I, like, if you have the funds lying around and you're even remotely interested in a Switch, I say pick it up. 
Um, there, I mean, if you're not a console gamer, don't, but like if, if you are, um, just they, the strength of the first party games that Nintendo has been releasing on it, uh, is, is more than enough reason to do it. The controllers are incredibly overpriced in order to buy another controller. I have to basically drop a hundred bucks. Um, but, uh, it, it comes with the one in the box which is actually two depending on what game you're playing and uh, it's just it's such a unique piece of hardware like it, it really isn't it's it's basically like a tablet with two nintendo controllers stuck on on the side but why did it take two th- <laughs> until 2017 for people to do that and why is nintendo the only person who did yeah. um like it's it's good it's uh i'm not saying that it's going to change the face of gaming forever um but i think it's a smart move um it's something nobody else was thinking of doing or even caring about doing and the thing is it sort of flew under the radar and i think that this is probably a system that will last as long as most of their other handhelds which have such a longevity um on top of the fact that it plugs into the tv it's uh it's something else yeah, I I'm enjoying it. I like I don't feel bad about the purchase at all. So. No, it seems to be a pretty solid piece of gear that Yeah, I, I haven't heard any complaints from anyone I know that has one, so Yeah, man. Um and then I guess other than that, it's it's getting indie support, which is really interesting. Um so like you you're you're seeing some indie games on it. Like that's how I got uh Dragon Trap uh, yeah, the Dragon's Trap. Uh, also, Axiom Verge is on there. Stardew Valley's on there. Uh, and these are all games that were made big on PC and then later on console, um, depending on what they got released on first. But uh, yeah, like I'll, I'm probably going to pick up Stardew Valley. I don't mind throwing money at Axiom Verge yeah. again because that's it's a good game and I love supporting that guy. Um, I'm betting Spelunky 2 is probably going to come out on it. I know Spelunky 1 isn't out on it yet, but... Uh, They'll probably just sit and wait for Spelunky 2 to drop um, because that got announced a few days ago. I know it's going to come out on PlayStation first, but yeah. so much stuff is just jumping around. It's it's very hard to keep stuff exclusive anymore, at least for... Yeah. and uh, and yeah, Unless it's first and, party. And we did just go through, like recently, there's been a, a, there have been a ton of... Uh, Sony had their thing. Like There have been a ton of PlayStation announcements. A bunch of videos have been coming out and trailers and blah, blah, blah. I hear Detroit might come out at some point in the future. Yeah, yeah, they they kicked out a new video as well, which was um, interesting to see. If you haven't, maybe take a look at that. Um, same with like you the, mean as a parent, I last, should watch somebody yeah, kill their kid repeatedly. Yeah, no, it's good. No, same I'm with good, the what, Last of Us. Last Last of Us yeah, too, was the other violent, was the other big one. Yeah. I don't know. There, there's some last I don't know. Us. Neat PlayStation stuff is out there in the world if you're interested in in that yeah that kind, that kind of. <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> in that kind of ultraviolence <laughs> the the shadow of the colossus stuff looks amazing mm. i mean i know it's a remake of a game that has some pretty antiquated uh mechanics but uh, like if there was ever a game that deserved to be remade in hd yeah um like such a yeah. beautiful game um yeah man Okay, well, hey, let's, uh, <laughs> we just keep getting lost. Um, 
We're gonna. I'm gonna ring this. I'm gonna rein this thing in. Okay. So if you want to know more about Learn from Gaming podcast, uh, and not just this rambly episode, um, we've got all kinds of social media. Um, so check us out on Facebook. Give us a like. Um, not you know, not the end of the world if you don't, but uh, it actually helps expose us. So so yeah, definitely give us a like. Uh, check us out on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter if you want, or just, you know, shout profanities at us. We like it either way. Check out our website at learnfromgaming.com. That is www.learnfromgaming.com. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're on iTunes. Um, we're on Podbean. So just uh, check us out at the regular outlets once this thing drops. And um, other than that, that's really it. So... Stu, thank you for taking the time to record this with me. Audience, thank you for listening. And uh, tune back sometime soon. Yeah, hope, hopefully uh, tune back in two weeks. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, yeah, it does make sense. <laughs> All right. <laughs>